Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Holy Man Podcast. Pastor Paul here. Uh, we're looking at episode 42 of the Holy Man Podcast. And, uh, you know, as I think about the topic for today, as we jump in, we're continuing on our journey of uh, looking at the different attributes of uh, what a godly man can look like uh, in Gene Getz's book. And as I'm thinking about this chapter, talking about building a good reputation. You know, I think about, I, I go back to my childhood a little bit, back in the small town of Osceola Mills, where I grew up. I think there was about 1,200 people in that small town. And so I knew many of the people in that small town as I was growing up, and many of them, probably a lot more of them knew me, or especially, they at least they knew my family, uh, especially my dad. Uh, you see, I was I was known as one of Jimmy Boffman's boys. Uh, my dad had a good reputation in that small town. My grandparents, before my dad, had a good reputation in the town. Uh, grandma was a teacher in the uh, local school, and my grandpa was one of the old school mail carriers when they used to walk the streets and deliver the mail. But the other thing that was really big for my, my grandpa and my dad that helped him to have reputations in the town uh, was that they were both fire chiefs. Uh, they both served as volunteer firemen in the small community uh, fire station, and both of them, my dad was a fire chief for 13 years of my life when I was growing up. He was kind of one of the ambassadors of that small town. I remember I was in about sixth grade, and a few of my buddies and I, we got into a little mischief, uh, and a BB gun was involved, and uh, and I remember, you know, after I had done the mischief with that BB gun uh, I was involved with, uh, we shot some windows in people's houses. We got in trouble a little bit. So, you know, it was not good. But I remember one of the elders in that town came up to me after the fact, and uh, he says, you know, Jimmy Boffman's boys don't do things like that. Well, evidently they do, because <laughs> I did. And, uh, you know, but that was... That was the impression. Because of my dad's reputation, which was good, you know, this that's what this older gentleman said to me is, you know, Jimmy Boffman's boys, you just don't do things like that. Uh, you know, but truthfully, if you ask my dad, and if you if you heard some of his stories when he was growing up in that small town, he would share that he, just like me, got into some normal trouble that boys get into. Nothing major, nothing deserving of a prison sentence or anything, but mischief. You know, and my dad got into mischief, I got into mischief. We were normal boys. But by the time I was growing up in that small town, I learned that my dad and my mom had good reputations in that community. They were trusted. They were influential in good ways. They helped others. They cared about their community 
they wanted it to be a good place to live and to raise families. You know, I had some pretty good parents in general. I mean, they would be the first to admit that they, like everyone else, they had issues. They weren't perfect. They were sinners saved by grace. They didn't get everything right. But in general, people in that community knew them, and they had good reputations. You know, that's what Gene gets is talking about in chapter two of our book. And as as he takes us into, especially into 1 Timothy chapter 3, you know, he it comes from that the little phrase that Paul shares with young Timothy that people, leaders in the church or people should be aspiring to be above reproach. That's the phrase that Paul shares in there, that we should be longing to be above reproach. Reproach. Well, what does that mean, that idea of being above reproach? Well, here's what Webster's Dictionary says that the phrase means. It means that no one can legitimately rebuke you or make any charges against you that will stick. They may accuse you, but your conduct will eventually acquit you by proving you blameless. So kind of like my parents, you know, people can accuse my parents of being naughty or whatever, but their reputation is that they are trustworthy, that they do good. You know, so when we hear Paul talking about Timothy in different places in his letters and even back in the book of Acts, when, when we find Timothy showing up at different places, Paul talks well about Timothy. Timothy had a good reputation, and that came from his family. His family, his mom, his grandma had a good reputation, and that's where Timothy got his. So what does this not mean? You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, and when we talked about the idea of being faithful. It does not mean perfect or without sin, because that's not going to happen. So we're talking about in generalities here. The reputation of a person is trustworthy. It's, you know, you, you do things in a right way. You're a good person in general. It doesn't mean that we can't have issues. It doesn't mean that we can't have quirks. It doesn't mean that we have to get things right all the time. For instance, you just think of the disciples that walked along with Jesus. You think of some of their reputations. They weren't perfect, that's for sure. You think about Thomas. What comes to mind when we think of Thomas? Well, he had those moments when he doubted. Think about Peter. <laughs> Highly impulsive. I, I think, you know, knowing I, I have a son who has ADHD, I think Peter had a little ADHD in him. He was highly impulsive. Think of James and John. They were the sons of thunder. Both of them, and maybe their mom too, they were a little underhanded in how they tried to get the best seats at the table. You know, many of the disciples had reputations. Overall, in general, they were good, but they all had stuff. They had quirks. They had little things in their personalities that also were issues, just like my parents, just like each and every one of us. You know, there are many people in scriptures that we that you know we can look at that had reputations that we can look at and had some of them were good, some of them were not so good. Again, Timothy had a good reputation. Paul talked about that several places. You know, another person uh, that I think about is the prophet Daniel. I love the prophet Daniel. I, I just read in his, uh, his book here not too long ago. And we find Daniel in several different places 
in the community of Babylon. Now, again, he was a fish out of water. He was an Israelite, but when he was one of the Israelites that were taken out of Israel in exile to Babylon. And so the life that he lived there in Babylon, he ended up having a really good reputation amongst others, especially amongst the king and the the other leaders in the kingdom. Uh, We find ourselves... uh, in, in one place where it says Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. And because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. <laughs> Continuing on, it says, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in, in the way of Daniel that was handling the government affairs. Because they didn't like what he was doing. They didn't like that he was raised up so much. But it says they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. This is in that story, the famous story of Daniel in the lion's den. So verse 5, it says, They concluded... Only Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in his connection with the rules of his religion. So his faith in God, his Judeo religion, that's what they were going to look into. And eventually they do. The, the, he had an amazing reputation. What was his reputation? He prayed a lot to his God, and that's what they got him stuck on. Because of his reputation as a prayer warrior, they eventually got the king to you know put some rules out that were against praying to any other god well daniel was still praying cuz that's what his reputation was but overall his reputation in the kingdom was being just a great administrator a great leader and he did lead he led well daniel had amazing rep- reputation as daniel or as paul would say to timothy he was above reproach Think about yourself now. What reputation would you want to have with those who know you best? Think about that for a moment. Are you above reproach with those who know you best? Some of those people, like your, if you're married, your wife, or if you have a family, how about your kids? What about your workplace, wherever you work? These people that know you best, who see you uh, most of the day, what would they consider to be your reputation? Some of the areas of your life that they might consider when considering your reputation. You know, for your home life, what do you watch or what do you look at on your different screens, your phone, your TV, your computer? What's your reputation of what you look at? How about how you drive? If someone sees you uh, driving downtown, do they get to the other side of the road because they don't want to be near you because of how you drive? Or the people who ride with you often, a carpool or maybe your family, how do they consider you drive? What about how you communicate with people? What's your reputation? Do you communicate with grace and care and love, or are you pretty harsh with the words that you share, how you communicate? What about your work routine? or maybe your lack thereof, your work ethic, how you work. Uh, you have, probably have a f- favorite sports team. You know, what's your reputation? Do people know who you cheer for? And depending on, you know, if they see you at a sporting event, how are you as a fan? Are you a good fan or 
you know, I think back uh, one of the first churches I served in, there was a, it was a small community where I served, and uh, there was this one family. The first time Karen and I went to a game together, we saw this family, and we knew who they were because they were connected to our church. And we went and we sat near them, and then we realized why no one else was sitting around them. These people were horrible in how they screamed at the refs and the other and the players. They just had horrible language, and it was foul. And so we understood very quickly why people wouldn't want to sit near them because of the kind of reputation as the fans that they were. What about you? You know, I have a colleague, another pastor friend of mine, and he likes to share this thought with others of how you can better understand your reputation. He loves to ask the question to people who are closest to him, what's it like being on the opposite side of me? Or what's it like being near me? What's my reputation? He loves asking that question. He wants to know. Because if it's not good, if it's not above reproach, he wants to know that so that he can begin to change his reputation so that he can change how he lives so that he can have a better reputation with those around him. You know, Gene shares some great questions in chapter two for us to maybe consider, uh, you know, with them some maybe to get some feedback from others so that we can better understand our own reputation. Are we above reproach? He says, uh, you know, do... When I talk to my wife, my children, close friends, do I get positive feedback from those closest to me? What would indicate that I have a good reputation or a bad one? Be willing to ask that question to those people closest to you, he says. Do people seek me out to share their lives with me? Do people trust me with confidential information? You know, those are some great questions to ponder, to think about. Are people regularly looking to me to spend time with? Are people wanting to be close to me, to, uh, to interact with me because of the reputation that I have? What about this one? Do my relationships with people grow deeper and more significant the longer they know me and the closer they get to me? You know, when people are spending time with me, do they want to get to know me more? Or as they get to know me, are they all of a sudden, I'm not seeing them around as much anymore because of what they're learning about me, my reputation? Do people recommend me for significant or difficult tasks without fear of me letting them down because previous moments with me? You know, if I run a business, is, the business, is my reputation of my business, are people recommending me? Are they, uh, you know, giving referrals to my business or to my work ethic? No matter where you are in your reputation, and again, none of us are perfect, all of us can improve in some areas of life. No matter where, where you are, you can improve. So if you're thinking, man, my reputation stinks, it is not good. And, and, and for some, maybe for some of your areas of life, maybe that's true. Maybe you have some areas that are good and others that are not so good. So think about some of those areas maybe are not so good. We can get better. We can get a better reputation. From this day forward, you, along with the power of the Holy Spirit, as you learn more of God's heart, as you work more with God and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can change, and your reputation can get better instead of getting worse. For instance, if you have the reputation of being a yeller in your home, you know, maybe out of your anger, you're regularly angry and you're yelling at your family, well... 
you can change. If your family is constantly walking around on eggshells, fearful of you getting angry and yelling at them, you can change that. Or should I say, God can change you. You can find better ways to interact with your family and get changed in that. You know, finding, being, becoming a more gentle man, becoming a more caring and loving man of your family. Uh, you know, if you are known to have a poor work ethic at your job site, uh, you can change. Maybe you take longer breaks than you're supposed to. Guess what? Do things differently. Surprise people. Get them talking about you, but in a positive way. Simply work better. Let them begin to talk about you and say, who is this guy? You know, what's he doing? He's not usually working with this good work ethic. Get him talking about you in a positive way. That's a good thing. You know, Paul tells Timothy, we should aspire to be above reproach. We should help others to see the man of God that God created us to be. A man who you know, is recognized as not being perfect, you know, we're all sinners, again, but that we have a grace-filled God who loves us and is longing for us to get better. That's what we should be known for, that we are striving for, aspiring to become better and better in our lives. You know, you think about last week, we, were, we talked about being faithful. That's what we should be known for, that even though we're not perfect, we're faithfully chasing after God. We are faithfully seeking the God who can help us to, be, to get better at life. You guys, that's the rep- reputation to run to. We should be making Jesus famous with our lives, helping others. You know, my, the version app today shared a verse with me. It says that out of Ephesians chapter uh, 2, it talks about imitating Jesus, imitating God, therefore, That's what we should be doing. We should be making Jesus by letting other people see what Jesus looks like by how we live our lives. That's the reputation we should all be aspiring to. In our homes, in our workplaces, out when we're watching football games, uh, no matter where, at the church. You know, and as we're doing that, Jesus will make our lives better and make us better at life. Guys, what's your reputation? I, I challenge you, ask those closest to you. Ask your wife, ask your kids if you have children, uh, ask your grandchildren if you have grandchildren. You know, what's my reputation? What is it like to live across the table from me or across the room from me? What's it like to live near me? Find out. It, it might not be something you want to hear, or maybe it is. Ask for truth. And the cool thing is, the more we find truth, then the truth can set us free from where we presently are as we walk with Jesus into a better life. Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can change us and make us better. And that will provide a better reputation with those around us so that when others are talking about us, speaking about us, they're going to be telling others, you want to spend time with this dude. This dude is good. He cares about others. He uh, speaks highly of others. He's a good man to be around. That's the reputation we should want, and it should come because of our relationship with God. So guys, where are you? Where's your reputation? We are called to be above reproach, living a life with God that is so good that even though others might try to accuse us, the life we live, others say, no, that's not how he really is. He's really a godly man. 
That's holiness, guys. That's what we should be aspiring to. Okay, hopefully you're going to have a great discussion in your life groups as uh, you talk about the reputation that you have and the reputation that we're all longing to find as we walk with God, as we live to become holy men. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Next week, I'm going to have a guest on as we talk about the next part of our walk with God. Come back and join me. We'll see you.